Hello again, everyone. This is Randy Weddle. I'm your host for the Creation A New podcast. I am the pastor of Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana, and I also pastor Mount Pleasant Christian Church, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And you can reach me by email at randy at creationanew.com. And I welcome you to this podcast episode. We are studying the book of Colossians, and we find ourselves in chapter 3. So without further ado, by the way, I want to stop before I further ado. (laughs) I want to stop, and I want to say thank you to those of you that listen to me on a regular basis. And I want to say thank you for those of you that, uh, that may listen to me and you may agree. And those of you that listen to me and you may say, this guy is nuts, but I'm thankful for all of you. And if this is your first time here, then what I would uh, also want to do is give a big hearty thank you to you too, because it's a big deal that you're here. I don't want to take um, take your visitation lightly, and I'm thanking you for being brave enough to listen <laughs> to this podcast. You're not going to find fireworks. Uh, you're not going to find things like that uh, here, but what you're going to find is you're going to find a place where you can hear truth and be challenged by the truth. So I welcome you to, um, to listen and uh, I hope that it's a good experience for you. So now, without further ado, I've given all my thank yous out, done all of that. I'm so grateful for you guys. I, I, I really, truly am. I want to go through at least uh, three verses here. And I tell you what, if you ever visit the churches that I pastor, uh, you'll find there'll be some Sundays where I'll do a whole sermon on one verse. So, uh, you know, if we go over, you know, like five to 10 verses in a, in a session on a Sunday morning, uh, for a worship service, by golly, we are really moving at lightning, uh, um, pace, but I want to take a look at three verses, at least in this first segment of the episode. And we have been talking about, um, the, the new life of the Colossians, And last time we met, we talked about the things that they should take off as far as like they need to put to death some things and they need to put off some things and get rid of some things. It's like clothing that doesn't fit anymore. They need to get rid of them, those articles of clothing. Well, now what we're going to talk about would be clothing that you put on. So let's get right into it. We're looking at Colossians chapter 3, verses 12, 13, and 14. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. All right, let's stop right there. What in the world is Paul talking about? Well, let's go back. I want to explain something real quick, and I should have done it in the last episode, uh, but I didn't, so now I will. 
all of the things that Paul mentions earlier, especially verses 5 through 11, I want to let you know that as a, you know, as a believer, there's forgiveness for any one of those things. Even as a non-believer, there's a forgiveness. A non-believer can come to Christ for the first time, trust what Christ did for them on the cross, and raising from the grave as full payment to redeem and cleanse, and all of their sins are forgiven. But after they believe, and they may pick up some, some articles of clothing from the old life, and they may do things that they shouldn't do, there's forgiveness. Hey guys, I can look at the things back um, uh, that Paul mentions in verses 5 through 11, and hey, I've been guilty of those things too. So I just want to say there's forgiveness. And you can have forgiveness. As a believer, all you need to do is just agree with God. Hey, what I did was wrong. As a non-believer, you come to Christ and you say, I need forgiveness. I need cleansing from my sin. And I'm trusting the Lord Jesus Christ to do it because he is the Lord. He raised from the dead. He died for me on the cross. So with that footnote set aside, let's move on here. We're at verses 12 through 14 that I just read. Now we're going to talk about the things that people who, who have been saved should be putting on. First of all, Paul says, put on these things. Why? Because you are God's chosen, you're holy, and you're loved people. That's what he says to the Colossians. And he says, first of all, you need to put on inward affections of mercy. Now, these are tender mercies, some of your Bibles may say. We find it in Luke 6.36. And it's, it's kind of a, a term that was used by the Hebrews talking about the inner organs. And they would refer to the inner organs as a kind of like a, a hot spot for emotion. And what Paul is saying here is he's saying, be be merciful, be tender-hearted. And then secondly, he says, put on kindness, put on moral excellence. If you're kind to somebody, you're, you, you want to do what's best for them. Thirdly, Paul says, put on humility. Now, sometimes we'll think of humility as, well, I'm nothing, I'm a worm. And, and yeah, you know, yeah, people do bad things. And we have a lot of things that, that make us ashamed. I've done plenty of things to make me ashamed. But when we're talking about biblical humility, we're talking about, yeah, I've done a lot of sin. And also balancing that out with, and God, if I'm a believer, God has saved me. That's biblical humility. It's a balance of saying, yeah, I've done a lot of bad things, but here are things that Christ has done in my life, and I'm so thankful for those things. We see humility in Romans 12, 3, Philippians 2, 3, Matthew 18, verse 4, and John 13, verses 14 through 16. Besides um, tender mercies and kindness and humility, Paul says to the Colossians, put on mildness. Uh, another word would be meekness or gentleness. Then it doesn't mean that you're a weak person. In fact, it means you're very, very strong. You are willing, if you're mild, you are willing to suffer 
rather than to inflict injury or insult. It's, it's a very patient type of thing. And we find it in Matthew 5.5 5 and Galatians 5.23. It's a willingness to turn the other cheek, to let someone take a pound of flesh and maybe let them take a second pound of flesh. I have to be honest with you. I'm willing to let someone take a pound of flesh many times, but I usually, and I struggle with this, I have, I have many times, I have uh, made sure they hurt <laughs> whenever they take that pound of flesh. That's something that I need to grow in. So, um, we have mildness. The next thing, the last thing that Paul mentions here is forbearance. Well, forbearance is just another word for patience. We find patience in Romans 2, 4, 1 Timothy 1, 16. And it's the opposite of getting angry quickly. It's the opposite of, of revenge. It, it endures injustice. It's very similar to being mild or meek. Now, when you're enduring injustice and, and you're being patient, for the believer, we should also be hoping for justice to come soon. We'll see that fully whenever Jesus returns. So we see those five things right there. And I said that forbearance was the last. I'm sorry, I didn't. I shouldn't have said that. Because what we have in verses, uh, verses 12, 13 in this whole mixture, we also have um, uh, one more thing. We find that in verse 14. But before we get there, in verses 12 and 13, Paul also says, hey, you need to put on these first five things while putting up with and forgiving one another. So what he's saying here is these five things that we just mentioned, okay, tender mercies and kindness and humility and uh, gentleness or mildness, um, and, then, and then the fifth one being patience or forbearance. He says, you know, while you're putting those on, Put those on while you are putting up with and forgiving one another. In fact, he says, forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Now, let me stop for just a second and ask you, how has Christ forgiven you? I can answer that question for myself. He forgives me over and over and over and over. There are times, guys, when I will bring the same sin to him maybe within a five-minute interval, and he's always merciful. He's always forgiving. He's always ready to cleanse and pick me back up again. And Paul says, be willing to forgive others and put up with others as Christ has forgiven you. If we did that in churches today, by golly, we sure would have a lot of unity. We'd have a, a lower blood pressure. And we would have a very nice uh, uh, atmosphere, much nicer than some churches, I should say. Now, the last thing that he says here is put on love. We find that in verse 14. And, and the way it's written, it looks like he's putting love up ab above the, the first five things that we mentioned. These are things that the Christian or the believer should put on. Because they have been, um, they have been chosen. They are loved by God. We should put on these things. And top of the list, 
the, the high priority is love. Now, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, I can do all kinds of cool things and, and nice and godly things, but if I don't have love, it really means nothing. And I got a feeling that's why Paul is indicating that even though he puts love last at the list, that it is above all things. And, and, and love is, is a sign of completeness or perfection or maturity. And, and every single Christian gift, Christian attribute is, is founded in love. What is, what's the second greatest commandment that God gives to his people? Love your neighbor as yourself. So Paul says, put on these five things and most of all, put on love. So we find that that is very, very important. So with that, we're going to take a break and chew on that for just a little while. Take a look at this list. Go over it again. And say to yourself, ask yourself, hey, what, is there an article of clothing here that I should be putting on that I, I haven't put on yet? Maybe you uh, have trouble with your temper. Maybe you are not patient. Maybe you're not very merciful. You, you don't have a tender heart. Hey, ask God to change you, and he will. He gives you the ability. If he asks you or commands you to do something, he gives you the ability to start moving in that direction and to obey him. So let's take a break and then we'll come back and do uh, a little bit more. All right, guys, we are back and we're going to finish out this section of scripture. We're going through uh, Colossians chapter three, and we were talking, um, first of all, verses 12 through 14. We listed six things that the Christian should be putting on in their life. Uh, we talked, um, and the reason why they should be putting them on is because they are chosen. They've been set apart by God. They are loved by God. We talked about a heart of compassion, a tender heart, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then above everything, every one of those five, we have the top thing, which would be love. Now, Paul continues and he, he writes, uh, starting in verse 15, he says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell within you richly, with all wisdom and teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. That's Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17. And it rounds out this section because Paul is talking about things that Christians should be adding to their life in order to walk in a, in a manner that is pleasing to God. Well, what in the world does this mean? Well, first of all, he's saying, let God's peace, let the peace of Christ govern or let it prevail in your hearts. Let it do so and be thankful. You see, it was into peace that the Colossians were called into one body. Whenever God saves people, he calls them into a relationship of peace. So if you have one believer called into peace and another believer called into peace, and they are, um, they are gathering together, 
there should be a lot of peace going on because they have been redeemed. They are no longer enemies, but they are now sons and daughters of the of of God. And therefore, there should be peace and there should be no division among believers. That doesn't mean we all think the same thing. We're all going to like the same thing. And and we all uh, agree on absolutely everything. We're not robots. We can have disagreements. But on the essentials of the Christian faith, we have to be united. And if you have somebody that is way off track and they can't even agree on the essentials of the Christian faith, then somebody's off somewhere. So Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule or govern in your hearts. The next thing he says that the word of Christ should dwell in you richly or abundantly. We find that in verse 16. Well, what in the world does that mean? That means that you start understanding, you start learning what Christ says. What you'll find as you grow as a Christian, you're going to find that the word of God is the same as the word of Christ, because Christ is God. And the word of God includes everything between the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. That is the word of Christ. That is how God primarily speaks to us today. Many times I've heard people say to me, well, I I really want God to speak to me. Well, he has. Open your Bible and you will hear God speak. That is the word of God. And Paul says, let this word dwell richly in you. Let it permeate you. Let it be something that that is constantly teaching and warning you. In fact, Paul says to the Colossians that the word of Christ must dwell and it must be teaching and warning one another or each other in all wisdom. Well, because it's the Bible, it is wisdom. And it must do so with psalms or it should be doing so with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs in grace. Now, uh, that reference to psalms and hymns and spiritual songs is more than likely Paul is pointing to the book of Psalms and saying, hey, let those sink into you. Those would be like musical um, words, musical lyrics um, that, that are scripture. But we can include the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation in this uh in this command to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So that's verse 16. Now, as we go on, it says that you can let it dwell with these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and it it should be dwelling while you are singing in your hearts to God. And then lastly, in verse 17, Paul says, in everything that you do, Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. We find this also in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Paul says, whether it is in word or deed. Well, what in the world does it mean to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus? Well, if you are, um, earlier in this chapter, we talked about the things that the Christians should be taking off and getting rid of in their life. Now we're talking about the things that the Christians should put on. 
And as we do that, and as we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and the word of Christ dwell richly within us, and we are listening and obeying what God's word tells us to do, then we can start living a life of obedience to Christ. And that's what it means to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do everything that would be a reflection, biblically, of the Lord Jesus. Now, this is like having your life become a a worship service 24-7, not just on Sundays. You're worshiping with your life, with your mind, with your heart, in, in what you do and what you say all the time. Your life become, would become like a worship service. And that's what Paul is saying right here. No matter what you do, whether it's a big thing or a little bitty mundane thing, you should do it in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that whatever you do that's outside of faith, whatever you do that, that, that is not of faith is sin. But if you know that it's something that Christ wants you to do, and you're assured of that, you can go ahead and live your life and know that you're worshiping him. And as you do, give thanks to God through Jesus, Paul says. So it's a life of, of obedience to Christ. So that is uh, the kind of the closing out of this section of being raised up with Christ. Being raised up with Christ changes everything. And your life should change and reflect that. So with that, we're going to stop right there. And I just want to let you know, uh, you can contact me. If you have questions, if there are things you want to talk about, you can contact me. My email address is randy at creationanew.com. And I would love to converse with you. I'd love to answer questions, or maybe you have some things you want to say to me. I'm, I'm more than willing to listen as well. For heaven's sake, you listen to me. Uh, I owe you uh, a, a, good, uh, a good time to listen there. So please feel free to contact me. And I'm so grateful that you're, you're here, that you're going through this. And uh, we're, we're going to be wrapping up Colossians um, before we know it. And uh, we are really deep within it. And we're going to continue on. But until next time, I encourage you to just keep following Christ. Dig into his word. And uh, I, I plan to see you the next time. Bye-bye.